You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, I'm Ruben Santiago Hudson, and you're listening to And the Tony Goes To. It's a look back at Broadway's most magical night, and all of the winners reminisce with delight. With their talent and brilliance, they always impress. And the Tony Goes To, my special guest. Have you ever dreamed of winning a Tony Award? Did you ever practice your Tony acceptance speech in the bathroom mirror? Did you grow up watching the Tony Awards every year? Do you have a collection of Tony Award shows on VHS tape that you refuse to throw out? Well, then this is the podcast for you. Every week, I interview your favorite Tony Award winners, and together we go down memory lane as my guests share intimate and never-before-shared details about their Tony experience. By the end of every episode, you're going to feel like you just won a Tony. Welcome to And the Tony Goes To. I'm your host, Ilana Levine. Welcome today's Tony winner, Ruben Santiago Hudson. And the 50th anniversary Tony for the best performance by a featured actor in a play goes to Ruben Santiago Hudson. For seven guitars. First of all, I want to thank God for many blessings he's given me. I've been very blessed. My incredible wife, who's been uh, such a joy to me, bringing me two, two beautiful babies. I'd like to thank August Wilson for his glorious celebration of African-American life. Thank you. God bless everybody. Thank you. Welcome, Reuben to the podcast. I am so happy to have you. I know it's a really truncated version. Unfortunately, we don't have the entire speech to listen to, but tell me what happened after the part we just got to hear together. I took my time and I thank Lloyd Richards. I thank my mother uh, for her guidance and for, for saving me and giving me an opportunity to believe that I really could really matter in this world in, in a big way. Um, or in any way. <laughs> so yeah. it was a much longer speech, you know, and I can and I can hear as I listen to it, I can hear the I can hear the um the tears just trying to hold back the tears of joy. because uh, my voice is usually a little deeper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, can you take us back to the night? Tell me about sitting in the theater uh as the category was coming up. Did you think you were going to win? You know, I don't necessarily think I ever think I'm going to win. I know that I'm worthy of, of, of 
the uh, opportunity to to uh, uh, accept the award. I know that I've done the work that I was supposed to do, and then it's not in my hands after that. So I never necessarily think I'm going to win. I know I, I, I'm worthy of it if I do win. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, can you tell me about how you first met the great August Wilson? Well, I, you know, uh, I was I was I was coming off of the road uh, from the Negro Ensemble Company's production of Ceremonies and Dark Old Men, celebrating the, I think it was the 40th anniversary of that production, uh, award-winning production at Negro Ensemble Company, and I was I was uh, cast in that, and we were coming off the road, and I kept hearing about this August Wilson in this play called My Rainey's Black Bottom, and I just said, you know, I gotta I gotta see this thing, you know. So I, I snuck in at intermission, not not really wanting or being able to afford the Broadway prices at the time. And I sat down way up in the double mezzanine of the court theater. And uh, the lights went down. And when the lights came up, these these black men started talking. And it was so familiar to me. It was like, wow, I was back home. I was back in the rooming house I was raised in. These gentlemen uh, of extraordinary integrity, but great rock and tours and 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 just these beautiful wise old black men were talking and it was funny the banter was going back and forth and i was just enraptured and i had never seen anything like that on stage and um i noticed that after a while my cheeks started itching so i scratched my cheek and it was wet because i was crying mm. it was itching because it wasn't really itching it was tears coming out of my eyes right. and because i had never felt in a in a theater so comfortable, so at home. And so I was on a mission to meet this gentleman. And also I had known about Lloyd Richards because he had graduated from Wayne State University, which I had gone and graduated in my master's from Wayne State University in Detroit. So I had already had tried to introduce myself to to Lloyd. And um, now it was my turn to try to chase down August. And that chase went for a long time until I was finally uh, invited into the room for two trains running years later. And uh, which I didn't get, they gave it to a young man named Lawrence Fishburne, who won a Tony Award, and uh, that was a good choice, I guess. And uh, <laughs> exactly. later, later on, they they did invite me again into the room for Seven Guitars. Yeah, and I and I won the role. Yes. So you auditioned for Two Trains Running. Yes, I did. That was my first time seeing August in a room. You Tell know, me what you remember him. about that. I remember that I kept trying to make him uh, draw his attention, but he wouldn't. Uh, uh, look up. He had his eyes closed and he was rocking, like rocking as I was doing the scene because I kept checking in with him. And, and I was checking in with Lloyd and Lloyd was looking at my resume more than anything, not me. And I was saying, man, I'm not going to get this because they're not paying me any attention. And August had his eyes closed and he was rocking like he was nodding. But when I come to find out once I when I got to know him much better later on, that what he did, does is he listens for his rhythm. Does, does the does the actor have his rhythms, the music? Uh, but I'll tell you something that, that was very, very, very interesting. When I did get seven guitars and we were at the Goodman Theater two weeks into rehearsal, uh, August and I, we, we'd had a lot of conversations about, you know, our upbringings and my time that I had spent in Pittsburgh and in Lackawanna, where I was born and raised, which is just like Clareton, Pennsylvania, where my mother's family was from outside of Pittsburgh. But when... He walked up to me one day and he said to me, he had a yellow pad in his hand. He always had a yellow pad. And he said, look at this, look at this, man. And I said, what? What's that? He said, look here. And he pointed on the pad 
And I saw my name there. And I said, man, you misspelled my name because he put a U in it, R-U-E. And he said, man, don't worry about that. What does it say right there? And it said, same music I have, same song. And I, I, he pointed to the top of it, and it was from the audition for Two Trains Running. That's incredible. That's incredible. And truly, I mean, talk about him feeling like you hear the music that he hears. I mean, that was the beginning. Well, clearly that audition, even though you didn't know, was the beginning of what has become just such an incredible partnership. I mean, I call it a love story. What it was more more so not that I I hear the music, but I sing the music. I when he said same song, it was the way that I talk, my cadence mm-hmm. and my style of, of language uh, was very similar to what what he was used to and where he, the the people that he had learned from, the right. men and the 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 father figures in his life and the uncle figures in his life and women who who had come up from the south looking for a better life and a, and a better way of living, but they brought their Southern ways with them and in the languid, mellifluous style of black people from the South, you know, and, and I naturally have that because that's who raised me, people from Farmville, Virginia and, and, and you know, uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama and McKenzie, Alabama. Those people are the people that raised me. And so I, I picked up, you know, their, their style of speech. Now, for people listening who who may not know, August Wilson wrote 10 plays, and they were called or are called the Century Cycle or, or the Pittsburgh Cycle. And basically, he set this task for himself to write a play for every decade uh, of, of the 20th century exploring the Black American experience. Is that is that a fair way to describe what this play cycles were? <laughs> That's, that's quite accurate. You know, uh, I think three plays into him, his writing, he realized that the first three or four plays were already written in different decades. Mm-hmm. And so he said, what if, what if I write one in every decade? And so he went on and wrote one for every decade. The one he would complete one, he'd start in on another one. Or even before he completed the first one, you know, he would. And sometimes the plays that he were, was presently writing would lend itself to the next play that he was writing, something that he would take out of one play and put in, because the, the same uh, issues prevailed in decade after decade in Black American life. You right. know, the struggle for freedom, justice, equality, fairness, uh, to, to, to be treated as, as a whole human being, uh, fighting a system that didn't always embrace or accept us. Uh, those struggles uh still exist and 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 then on top of that he made he introduced all the wonderful things uh that make great drama deceit and jealousy and nobility uh love uh, anger disappointment those are are things that are in Chekhov Shakespeare Ibsen and Shaw right, you know so absolutely. those are things that make great drama so he he made a point that anything that that is in human life is a, is a part of black life because yeah. our lives are just human life, and that was a big point of his. And uh, but just to see how we have to navigate in a different way uh, our, our place in America. You know, we have different rules than white people, and and you, when you see an August Wilson play, you you recognize that, and none of it is made up. Just like in Seven Guitars, when he talks about Floyd, say they arrested him for vagrancy or loitering or uselessness. 
those were laws that were made up to keep black people, you know, down and keep them in their place. You know, how can you arrest someone for uselessness? Is there a human being that's useless? Right. Right. <laughs> no. So, but these laws, these black codes, these black laws, and these, um, you know, hindered uh, growth and stability in, in the black communities, but they were prevalent and they existed. And August brings that to light in his place. So when you finally get in into the room with these these two incredible artists uh, and and creative partners, Lloyd Richards and August Wilson, um, can you talk first of all? Can you explain a little bit the plot of Seven Guitars, and then I would love to hear what the creative experience was of of creating a new work by August Wilson and being there from the very very beginning. Well. First of all, I was I was I felt like the luckiest man in the world to mm-hmm. to to dream, wish, and pray for something, and it actually comes true. You know, I wanted to work with August and Lloyd. I needed to take the next step in my education as an artist, as an actor, and with Lloyd Richards in the room as a man, because he was the creator of. He, he turned boys into men. He turned. He, he would give you a different outlook on life as a human being. That really was interesting. And then you have this brilliant artist, August Wilson, who had been given the opportunity for his brilliance to bloom. Not mm-hmm. his talent, but his talent, which was always there, but to, for it to morph, to, to, to develop into brilliance. And um, I just sat there in awe. But it didn't take long for, for my stubbornness and, and, and my hard-headedness and my ways to reveal themselves and fighting for things that I thought was right and adding to what already was there and through my research and through uh, my love of the people and love of the work. And so we had the most healthy and wonderful debates about my character, mm-hmm. you know, so, and, and August seemed to uh, welcome it. You know, he loved that there was somebody who didn't accept everything the way it was written and had a different perspective about certain moments. And we had the incredible and just wonderful breakfasts and lunches and dinners discussing and debating about certain things and and confirming certain things about my character. So it was a great learning experience for me. And and throughout the debates and throughout the rehearsals and throughout the dinners and beer and in whatever, you know, moments that we shared together, we we bonded Uh in a way that that sometimes was mentor and mentee, sometimes was brother to brother. Sometimes was father to son, sometimes was cousin to cousin. And, you know, with Lloyd, it was always, you know, you know, like like your your real grandfather, your uncle, your dad. But with August, our relationships kind of depended on what day it was and how we felt about each other. Sometimes we wouldn't speak for a week or two because we'd had a harsh debate. Uh, he cut my lines that I didn't want him to cut because he felt, you know, so I'd be acting like a kid and he'd be right. acting like a kid. And then other, other times he'd be like, come on, man, let's go get some, some breakfast, man. Uh, they got some hot biscuits down. There. Okay, I'm, okay come, let's go, you know. And we would laugh and talk about, you know, wh- wh- you know, who was the best Pittsburgh Steelers running back. Or do I remember this catch that Lynn Swan made in the Super Bowl? Uh, uh, or we would talk about boxing. So it was just it was just a wonderful bonding and education for me and also an opportunity to 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 find a lifelong friend. Wow. Can you talk a little bit uh, about the play itself and the story of the play and where you fit well, in it? The play starts out 
at the wake of a, a incredible blues musician from Pittsburgh named Floyd Barton. And they're sitting around after his funeral, eating and drinking and reminiscing about him and and his death and and um after after which the play begins the journey of how he got to his death what what led to his demise and so um it's like you already know the end floyd right. gets killed now you see what led to it and it, it, in the beginning of the play uh, the, the real time play uh, after the wake thing um Floyd is 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 in jail and he's coming home from thir- being thirty days in jail for laudering and worthlessness is what he got arrested for, um, and um, he was supposed to 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 take his girlfriend, who's Vera Dotson, to Chicago with him to a recording studio prior to him getting arrested, but what happens is he he left her there. And he took another woman with him. So that broke her heart. And then he gets locked up in jail when he comes back from Chicago. His record starts playing on the radio and he comes back to try to win his love, his lifelong love, Vera, back. But in the meantime, Canewell, who's my character, reveals his love for Vera. So these two best friends, because Canewell and Floyd are best friends, are in love with the same woman. And she chooses to go back with the man who broke her heart and not the man who's, who thinks he could be better for her, which is my character. Right. And, and so that's that's where I fit in. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. And this is a play that also starred, I mean, so many incredible people, but Keith David, Viola Davis, were these actors that you knew before this production, or is this how you met them? I met Viola there, but Keith David was, is, you know, was my brother way before that. Keith and I, I did my first equity play with Keith, where I got my equity card. Wow. What was Keith that? David. It was called, it was the Fantastics. It was the black version of the, the, the historical musical, The Fantastics, at Meadowbrook Theater in, in Michigan. And um, I had already worked professionally, but they didn't give me my card. I had points, but I didn't have my equity card. And I came into that as a replacement. And part of the deal, I said, is I'll come in and do it in a day, replace this guy, but uh, I need my equity card. And so they made that part of the deal. And that's where I met Keith David. And I've done more plays with Keith David than any other actor. You know, uh, Ceremonies and Dark Old Men, that tour, I was with Keith. Uh, Jelly's Last Jam, I was with Keith. 
you know, so um, we've been together a long time. Wow. He's so extraordinary. How wonderful yes, that you guys have that relationship. When you, you know, Lloyd Richards has, has, you know, he, he's become bigger than life, you know, he, he's a legend. Um, and I wonder, and, and we'll talk in a minute about how you then not just became an actor and a vessel for August Wilson's words, but a director of his work as well. But tell me on like day one of a Lloyd Richards production, how does Lloyd Richards begin the rehearsal process? Well, first of all, Lloyd is a small man of stature and a huge man of personality and presence. So that anomaly is like, be like, oh my God, how is he so big? And he comes in and he's five foot five. And and he'll sit at the end of the table and in a very soft, high voice say, okay, welcome everyone. Um, I'm so happy you're here. Let's open up the script and and let's read it. And that's how you would start a Lloyd Richard's day. (laughs) And he would, we would read it and then he would say, okay, that was really wonderful. Let's take five minutes and let's read it again. Wow. And sometime that would go on for a week. Read Mm -hmm. it, read it, read it, read it, read it until it became part of you and you became part of it. Mm Mm-hmm. And and any questions you had, he would answer uh, clearly, strongly, precisely, and profoundly. And and he he empowered you and made you feel responsible for every decision that was made that he convinced you to make. <laughs> wow! And was you know. August at the table at the beginning? Yes. Uh-huh. Yes, sitting right next to him, and occasionally August would just whisper in his ear. And Lloyd would nod, and he—you would never know what he said because Lloyd wouldn't say it right then. Right. And you don't know when when Lloyd did say something to you, whether that was August said to him or, you know, they had a wonderful, wonderful relationship for so long, you know, and um, it was just—it was just—you—you you knew that you were in the, the the presence of something truly amazing, truly wonderful when you were in the presence of those two incredible, incredible men. You know, I want to go back. Uh, Did you have to audition for Seven Guitars? Yes, I did. Okay. So now you finally, there you are again. You're back at it Mm -hmm. in the room. Did it Mm -hmm. feel different that time? Yeah. Yeah, it felt different because uh, I had grown two years Mm -hmm. as an actor, as an artist. and also, I was kind of like really determined to to walk away with this role. Mm-hmm. And I made that point clear from the moment I walked in dressed in a 1940s uh, vintage uh, suit with a gabardine coat on and a big Borsalino hat and uh, two-tone shoes. I walked in looking just like I thought Canewell should look. Canewell is a, is a blues harmonica player. Right. And I walked in looking just like him and... It was a gentleman there, a Hollywood star that they had flown in or had flown himself into audition at the same time. And when I walked in, he immediately looked at me and said, oh, well, at least you dress for the role. You know, so he went and shot me, shot at me. And I looked at him and said, well, I came to get the role. So I don't know what time your plane is leaving, but I uh, hope you don't miss it. Cause, uh, I assume you because know. you're a gentleman, you prefer not to say who that actor is. Uh, yeah, I prefer not to say who that actor is, but <laughs> only one actor got that role. <laughs> exactly. I will say that. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Were all of those garments that you just mentioned from hat 
tissues already in your closet or did you go out yeah. and curate this? No, I, I, there was a time when I was doing a soldier's play on the national mm-hmm. tour of a soldier's play with the Negro Ensemble Company. Yeah. Um, I was dressing vintage because the play takes place in the 40s. Right. You know, it's a World War II play. So we talk about 44, 43. And so Canewell and, and August Wilson's Seven Guitars is 48, 47. So I had it. You know, I was, I was you know, I, I, liked to, I liked to shop vintage in those days and dressing like I was from the 40s. <laughs> so I had it in my wardrobe. I love you know, it. So I said, hey, let me flaunt it, you know. Yeah. But I'll tell you an interesting part of that. Um, since Canewell is a harmonica player, um, Lloyd asked me, um, Ruben, I said, yes, sir, uh, Mr. Richards, can you play harmonica? I said, yes, sir, I can, but I really couldn't that well. I could play at it, but not really play it. And he says, could you play a, a blues lick, please? Just a little blues. Little. And I picked up the harmonica, yes, sir, and I played it, and it was terrible. And he says, okay, <laughs> can you come back in a couple of days and, and play a little blues? I like to hear a little blues. I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I left there and I went to this used CD store and I bought all these blues harmonica players, ran home and for two days listened to everything, Little Water, Big Water. Um, uh, I listened to uh, Sonny Boy Williamson. I listened to uh, um, Carrie Bell. I listened to all the great like uh, blues harmonica players and I couldn't do anything that they were playing. And so I just kept playing and playing and playing on it. And I got one little lick from Howlin' Wolf that I, that I could learn, a little mm-hmm. riff. And I came in and did that. And it was very simple lift. And he said, good, good. Yeah. And that was it. Wow. But and then well, I became. It was yours. It was yours to get. And then you just mm-hmm. got. But then, then I, you. Became a harmonica player. Yeah, I became a harmonica. Then I, I started studying it day and night. You know, yeah, so yeah of course. I became a harmonica player, yeah. Yeah. Um, when you look back at that time, what are some words that come to mind when you when you think about seven guitars? I just think, you know, it was a pivotal point in my life and my career. Uh, it was huge. For me, the whole experience, the friendships that I built, the experiences that I had, the opportunity to become a mentee of, of, of Lloyd, to be able to sit at his feet and learn from him. Uh, my, twin, my twins were born uh, two weeks, uh, not two weeks, uh, maybe two months before uh, I, I won the Tony. My father died one month before I, I won the Tony. So wow. it was just a... So much had happened to me in my life that would right. help form the human being that I am today. Uh, and so, you know, you cannot define Ruben Santiago Hudson without, you know, talking about seven guitars, mm. you know, because, and, you know, and to have the award given given to me, presented to me by Eli Wallach, who was the Upper West Sider where I live, of New York, and I used to see him at Zabar's. Uh, sometime holding court on the corner of 79th and Broadway. And I was saying, Mr. Wallet, you know, you, you, you gave me my Tony Award. He said, oh, Santiago, Santiago. Yeah, well-deserved. I said, sir, thank you. Thank you. Wow. So it just wow. meant a lot to me. And, and uh, it, it, it is part of who I am, the fabric of who I am, more than the fabric. 
well, you met the moment, right? It's such a, it's such a lesson in, you know, people always talk about being ready, preparedness, so that when that moment happens, you can own it. And you did. Yeah, well, you know, this old saying, um, you know, you know, success is, is opportunity meeting preparation. Right. And you're the living mm-hmm. example of that. So how, how was it that you went from mentee uh, to, to being in this very exclusive group of people who direct Mr. Wilson's work? Well, he suggested that I directed. I was a director way before I met August, and then I mm-hmm. stopped directing for oh, oh, 20 years or so. Okay. I just stopped directing because, you know, I was making my living as an actor. And, yeah. and I don't I didn't think I was formed enough to be a director. I, I didn't know how to solve enough problems and be supportive enough for other actors who I felt were less talented than me. I, I was not ready. I wasn't mature enough. And so I let directing go for a long time. And but I always stayed curious and I always studied and I always watched every rehearsal or every TV show I did or every movie I was in, watched what the director did, learned as much as I could, questioned decisions that they made and to myself and figured out what decision would I make in those positions. So one day August asked me how would I fix something that they were having trouble fixing? And I told and I told him how. And he said, Well, why don't you share that with everybody? And I said, No, I'm not the director. But when I direct it, I'm gonna direct it that way. And he said, Well, when you're gonna direct it? I said, Well, when I'm on the list. And he said, You're on the top of the list. And, and that was six it. months later, uh, six months later he he recommended me uh, to direct one of his plays and, and the rest is, is history as the cliche goes. Wow. Well, I think, you know, when you were talking about August Wilson's, um, what's in his plays about the black experience, the thing that is always this incredible through line as I, as I think of plays I got to see or plays of his that I read. And it's just the, this sort of idea of resilience the incredible resilience of the human spirit and, mm-hmm. and the power of that. And, and that really washes over you as you watch these stories unfold. And, mm-hmm. and when I think of the things I've seen you in or that you've directed, um, A, it's so, it's so wonderful to get to talk to you today and hear how even in your, in your conversations, you're just so unbelievably funny that's just part of it too um and and so you're always able to bring this incredible humor um along with all of the depth of emotion and and longing and pain and and I just want to take this opportunity to tell you that that your work just I speak for everybody listening but your work and what you bring uh to every project and every piece of art you put into the world is just really, really life-changing for those lucky enough to, to be there, to see it. So well, you, you're incredibly kind. You. You're incredibly kind. And, and, you know, when you talk about Antony goes to the, you know, the other production that, 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 that I was a part of that won the Tony, uh, the, the revival of the, the, uh, of Jitney, which we yeah. did on Broadway, which also won a Tony for Best Revival. Yes. Uh, to have that experience again, you know, and feel August shining down, Lloyd, you know, shining down and smiling down uh, was equally rewarding, you know, to see other actors be able to reap the benefits of, of those sort of accolades and, 
and to feel that the same thing that I had an opportunity to feel, mm-hmm. you know, when and when also we to there. fulfill the dream of having all ten plays be on Broadway, and yes, that was the big one. You you did it like you literally did it, and and the the play won the the Tony for it, and it, it's such a beautiful thing, and you know, not everyone is lucky to have the kind of um, artistic relationship with, with a great writer that you were able to have. Um, and I can hear in your talking about it, that you do not take that for granted for a no. moment. And we feel that. Um, so, so thank you for making sure that his work continues to be loved and appreciated and shared. And, and before I let you go, um, I have a couple of questions that I sort of end each episode with, which are very light and you'll, you'll know the answer to everyone. Um, so I want to ask, who did you bring with you to the Tony Awards the night that you won? I brought the most beautiful woman in the world. I brought my wife with me. <laughs> I, brought, beautiful. I brought Jeannie with me and she was the one that had to nudge me when when they called my name because I sat there numb saying no nah, you didn't just <laughs> say my name and she kind of nudged me and gave me a little kiss and and uh that's who I would have with me in any storm and in any celebration do you remember what you were wearing oh yes oh yes Gregory Hines who's my best buddy took me asked me what I wanted to wear and I said to him, well, you know, I have a suit that uh, Donna Karen is going to give me a black label. She said, I didn't ask you, what you, what, what do you have? I asked you what you want to wear. And I said, well, I, I think I'm fine with what he said. What do you want to wear? And I said, Armani. And, and uh, a couple of weeks later, he picked me up and took me to Armani store on Madison Avenue. And, and, and he, he got me a tuxedo through Armani. And so I wore an Armani a shawl collar tuxedo that Gregory Hines took me to get. And when I got the award and I was walking off stage, Gregory was in the wings with both arms widespread and hugged me. And we fell on the floor and, and rolled around in his Armani tux and my Armani tux. God. And uh, one of the greatest memories of my life, you know, and my dear friend Gregory is the one that got that. And he picked the shirt out. If you ever see the video, I have a collarless, like um, a tan silk. I mean, not a collarless, a tieless. Nehru collared silk mm-hmm. shirt from Armani that Gregory said, no, I don't wear a tie, I wear this silk shirt. So that was Gregory's doing. Wow. Wow. Where is your Tony? You know, I, it, it's on the shelf with next to the Humanitas, the Christopher, the Clarence Derwent, which was my first award in New York for the most promising new actor on Broadway. And they were um, right. They were very right to give you that. So in in next to um, uh, the drama desk and next to, you know, a bunch of things. My wife put one row of awards and the rest of them I took down to my office and some of them are in boxes and some of them like five OBs, four OBs or five OBs are on the wall and downstairs in the office. But in the different other, you know, auto critics and the uh, NAACP Image Award. I've, I've been so fortunate that people... Not only that I, I I had the opportunity to do the work, but that people recognized the work. Yeah. And 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 I've never taken any opportunity to walk on a stage and be recognized that I didn't make clear that this is not individual, that no no one, never could I ever do this without all the support 
and the help and the guidance that I've gotten throughout my entire life from the moment I was adopted and raised in a rooming house in Lackawanna, New York, to the moment that I walk on that stage and say, thank you for this. And I thank God. And I thank, you know, all the people that have all along the way guided me. Well, I thank God for you. And thank you for being on the show today. What a pleasure and honor to talk with you, Mr. Ruben Santiago Hudson. Thank you. Thank you so much. And The Tony Goes To is produced by Alan Seals for the Broadway Podcast Network. The music and lyrics for the theme song were written by Georgia Famusa. Theme song orchestration by Alexander Sage Oyen. Episodes are edited by Derek Gunther. Thank you to Parody Bill for the graphics. And please don't forget to go to the iTunes show page and rate and review the show. Thanks for listening. Excerpt from the Tony Awards used with permission of Tony Awards Productions. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.